Hey, it's Mike Shea from Sly Flourish, here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. This is a weekly show shot 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Times on Twitch, in which I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. In this case, I am running the the hardcover campaign adventure, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. If you want to help support the work that I do, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash slyflourish and signing up. Yeah, so let's see. Where did things happen? What what happened last week? They I, I know where it ended. They got to the Dwarven or the, the, the Duergar outpost. So I know where things are going to start. And it's great, straightforward, situation-based D&D. So that's solid. But I don't remember how they got there. So we're going to go look up my previous notes. Oh, I'm already there. Let's go to old session notes. We'll go to Sunday Frostmaiden. That was the 20th. That was last week. So they started at the sacrificial pool. Oh, yes. So Ma, yeah. So they ended, we ended the last session with them deciding what to do about Maud. Maud Chiselbone, the, the hag. They realized that Maud had been feeding them fisher folk. Some of the characters ate fisher folk that was in a great big stew. Maud has a big pot that is able to uh, generate basically unlimited food. And they were deciding what they wanted. A couple of the characters were out. So they, they actually didn't have any tanks. But they said, like, we think we're going to face off against Maud. And they, they did. They faced off against Maud. And I used a, a burr hag as the, for her stat block. And I had her flying around on a broom. And one of the interesting things about the burr hag is that she has this, like, fear. And that gave me an opportunity to use a new stress result page that I had, which in which I'm, 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 I'm redoing the madness tables that are inside the dungeon master's guide in my, in my next book and available, the, the, the uncovered secrets available to patrons either have it or going to, they're going to have it this month, but it's essentially like weird things that happen to you when you see things that are beyond your mind to be able to comprehend, like terrible things that a hag does. And in this case, she reached into the big pot from which they'd been eating and pulled out a head and showed them a half-melted head of a fisher folk. And they went, ah, and the fear wave went over them. And a couple of them were like paralyzed in fear and couldn't move. And then she was flying around on her broom and they had a big fight. And it was, they, so they had to fight a frost giant, a frost giant skeleton, which was really hard. And they had to fight Maud. And the frost giant skeleton is dropping this huge axe and doing tons of damage. And Maud is flying around casting spells and they're throwing spells up at her. And then somebody went up and backstabbed. Oh, she got shot with an arrow from the ranger that crit her for like 47 damage. And she had like six hit points left and she's dying. It went into her head and she's lolling about and the whole broom is falling down. And she holds out one hand and she fires off a cone of cold as her last blast. And it nearly wiped out the party, but it was her last thing. Then she died. And then they, 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 they got rid of her and they, <clears throat> they recovered their allies, brought everybody back up, took the pot, went back to East Haven and learned at East Haven that Duergar dwarves had stolen the, the masthead of a ship called the Howling Fiend that is made out of pure Chardelon. So that, that worked out really, that worked out really well. And they learned a fair bit. So we can take a look at like what secrets got revealed, right? And what we learned, we didn't learn about Dazan's journal. We, I, I, I can't remember if we learned about Perrin Fat Rabbit having the Perrin's, part of Perrin's family were captured by it. I think we did learn that one. We did learn about Macradius. I didn't want it. Outposts currently occupied belong to Dwarves. Yes. So we did learn that one. So again, about half the secrets 
About half the secrets got revealed, but they didn't make it all the way to the Duergar outpost yet. And so that is where, um, that's where the game is beginning today. I'm trying to see if there's any other interesting things that, I'm trying to remember if there's any interesting things that happened. Did they find the Nautiloid, the piece of the Nautiloid ship? They saw the gnolls. They, they, did, they did battle like, you know, it was like four gnolls, right? Around a big piece of the fallen it ascendant. And they learned more about the it ascendant from this. And they, they took the piece and recognized that they can use it to cast Bigby's hand. So that was pretty cool. So yeah, they dealt with Maud. They dealt with Knowles on the way back. They returned to East Haven. They found out that someone took the thing uh, and they had to the Duergar outpost. And that was where they went. And then the, they have not faced Nildar Sunbite. So uh, I expect today's entire session to focus around the Duergar, the Duergar outpost. So we will start by generating a new session planning template. Today is the 27th, 7, June, 2021, oops, Sunday. So as we do, we will take a look at the characters. So two of the characters are out. Ilda is out and Auken is out. So I think they have no tanks today. So that'll be fun. We have Shadowhawk, who is a, a sorcerer drow being hunted by, this might be a time, is this the time when the, the drow show up? This might not be a bad time for the drow to show up. I, I think that that could be, we might put that in here now. Because the drow would have a good connection to, the drow would have a good connection to the Duergar, I think. So maybe some drow, it, it might be time for some drow assassins to harass Shadowhawk because he'll, he'll be here. So yeah, Shadowhawk is a drow sorcerer. He has a Mind Flayer symbiote in his head that lets him detect thoughts. And he probably wants to get rid of it before it turns into a Mind Flayer. But the player is not too worried about it right now because he, he digs... Um, he digs the extra abilities that it's given him. Gorwen Alcazar is a cleric, a, trick, a trickster cleric, who uh, is the head of the Wen Alcazar Trade Association and loves to set up Ponzi schemes. Perrin Fat Rabbit is a uh, halfling ranger who was kidnapped by kidnapped by mind flayers and has realized that he has weird mind flayer technology in his body. What does that mean? I don't know. Uh, Candle in the Dark is a rogue. He is a former rogue for the Xanathar. I don't know, his family worked for the Xanathar. He is on the run from the Xanathar and he has an assassin running after him as well. So we have two characters that are being harassed by assassins, but I think it's time to yank on one of those threads. Like that thread has been out there a while. I think it might be time to, to drop that in. So we'll figure out how we're going to do that. So those are the characters in today's in today's game. So I had a thought, and this was a thought. I brought this up in the in the other show that I did earlier. So I had two main things that I've been thinking about, uh, that and, and tips that I will offer for running Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. One is I feel like there's too many quests in chapter one, and you should probably reduce it to about half of the quests. So I would suggest when if you are running this adventure, read through those quests and find the find six quests that really resonate with you. And think real hard about introducing the other ones, like put them off to the side. But something else occurred to me. And, and it, one of the things about the Duergar outpost is it's not very interesting. The Duergar storyline in general may not be that interesting. And I bet you it's also a weird storyline that kind of doesn't have to do with anything else. And there's all sorts of weird stuff like the Chardalon dragon and when it attacks the towns and the timing of that and should how many towns are destroyed before the characters get there. It's like, do you really want to have like a die roll depend on how many hundreds of citizens are killed? I don't, you know, it, it just, it doesn't, I don't dig it, right? And it occurred to me like, if one way to sort of clean up, if you wanted to sort of tighten this adventure up, 
one thing you could do is just remove the entire Duergar side, right? Remove all of the quests in 10 towns that have to do with the Duergar. I think there's a, at least two of them. And then remove the entire Shardalon Dragon part of it. The whole Sunblight section can be removed. And it removes like a fourth of the book, kind of, maybe not even that much. But it gets rid of an entire subplot that really doesn't have anything to do with anything else, right? It doesn't have to do with Oral. It doesn't have to do with the Endless Night. It doesn't have to do with, or the, the Netherese city that lies underneath. And, the, and the, the adventurer already has too many big lines of plot. And the, it's, I, I have had both my groups come to me and say that I'm looking for, I, I, I asked for some stars and wishes. I think I did it last week. And they were like, I'm looking forward to the plot getting more cohesive, right? I've had both groups say that. I'm kind of looking forward to the main plot of the adventure. And it's like, there isn't one, right? There's three plots and they're all different and they take place in different ways. And, and this is where Sam Dillon says, it's not a plot adventure. It is a sandbox adventure. It's lots of different things taking place, not just one. And it's like, well, my players aren't expecting that. My players are expecting that a story is going to come out of it, right? They're not sandboxy sort of player like and, and maybe it's my fault because i didn't say this is a sandbox adventure there's not any one central plot there's a lot of different things going on right and they're still like yeah but the sun's missing i bet we're going to do something about that right and like yeah i guess but then the way the adventure plays out it's like well you get the sun back and then there's a whole other section of the adventure and you're like but we already the sun's already back why are we worried about that right so it's just kind of bizarre so if you were going to tighten up the adventure big stroke one of the big strokes would be to tighten it up, get rid of half the quests in chapter one, get rid of the entire Duergar storyline in chapter one and chapter two, and then connect Oral and the the the, the Endless Night to the Mythal that's inside, or the Mythalar that's inside Yethrin. Have them be two parts. And we're going to talk more about this when I get closer to that myself. But if you, if you, you know, with some big strokes, right, if you take some big hacks with an ax on this thing, you can tighten up the adventure and get it to one storyline with more of a focus, less time spent in tier one, more time spent in tier two, connect things tighter together and have a more story-driven adventure rather than this sort of like endless walk around the ice. So that's something I'm thinking more about. And we'll, we'll be talking about that more as I, as, I run this, as I run this adventure. But right now we are focused on one thing. So the reason why I bring up the Duergar thing is that the Duergar outpost itself is not, let's bring it up, we'll bring it up in the other window here, is not particularly interesting, right? It's, it's like, why, why do the Duergar have an outpost here? Who built it? What does it do? What are they, you know, not a lot's going on. Um, let's see. So I actually added some stuff to it. Oh, one other, I'll give one other trick. So the quest that involves the Duergar and the outpost, it's, it takes place in Sierra Koenig and is called The Unseen right? And the unseen is basically where they follow tracks of the Duergar back to the Duergar outpost. And then at the outpost, they get involved and they find the Sunblight, you know, one of the Sunblight brothers, one of the, sun, one of the children of, of Zardarok Sunblight is, is in charge of this thing. Something else you can do, which I'm doing, is you can move this quest anywhere. It doesn't have to be part of Sierra Koenig. I moved it to East Haven. Right? I'm like, I just don't want the characters to have to go to every stupid town, right? Like, they're already in East Haven. Let's have them do stuff in East Haven. But I also felt like, well, in order to run this adventure, I need the Duergar to be involved, right? And, you know, for them to be involved, I need to get this in front of them. And that's when I realized, like, do I? Like, what if I just never did the Duergar stuff? Would it be okay? You know? So anyway, regardless, I'm running the Duergar outpost. And as written, it's kind of boring. 
right? It's just an outpost. There's nothing really going on here. So I changed it around and said, it, the outpost had been built here more than a hundred years ago when Akar Kessel, who was the wizard who attacked Icewind Dale long ago and created Shardalon, he had a bunch of dragonborn mercenaries that operated out of this outpost who never actually saw the big battle. They were mercenary dragonborn. And so there's a couple of big dragonborn statues and there's a lot of like interesting dragonborn stuff. A little bit of, it's just a layer, right? It's a layer of why does this outpost exist? It's because it was a dragonborn outpost for mercenaries. So strong start wise, I'm not going to, so something should happen. You know, when, when you think about a strong start, the strong start is always something should happen. So I, I know what the scene is. And the scene is that they're at the, you know, the cleft in the spine of the world, right? And really what they're doing is infiltrating the Duergar outpost. So they're, they're so right now they are, you know, a hundred or so feet outside of it. But I want to, what I, I want something to happen. And so what, what could happen that would be interesting? Typically, like an easy one is like they get attacked, right? But I, in this case, I don't want to do a battle as a strong start. One of the tricks, one of the problems with a battle as a strong start is it immediately cuts about an hour out of your game, right? If you have a strong start with a fight, you know, an hour, it, it, it could take an hour. So yeah, so what could happen here? So I know one of the things I want to add in is that the, let's see, the assassins, um, and what are they called? There was a name for these assassins. Going back to my NPCs here. The assassins that are after, there's two of them, Knight's Kiss, right? So one of the secrets is the Knight's, the Knight's Kiss assassins are in league with Zardarok. Oops, I guess I spelled that wrong. They're in league with Zardarok Sunblight right? That, that can work. But what would be another one? You know what might be a fun one to do? So in the Lazy DMs workbook, we have town events that work, that can work well as strong starts. And so random town events, right? But there's, a, there's, there's fantastic events. We're going to pull out my dice because I need a d20. This is on page 15 of the Lazy DMs workbook, if you have it in hand. And it's all things like stars that disappeared, unexpected solar eclipse, blood moon rises, the dancing dead come to life, the Lord's castle disappears. So let's take a roll and see. 14 is a volcanic eruption, a volcanic eruption. So do we want to have something with Thrune? You could have a small avalanche. A volcano doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, a geyser, you could have a hot geyser. Oh, what about... What if there is a, instead of a volcanic eruption, what if they see a, what are those things called? The crazy uh, centipedes, the hot centipedes, crazy big hot centipede. Oh man, what the hell's the name of that monster? Remoraz. Remoraz. Thank you, Zadia. I don't know how to spell it. Is it R-H? Oh my God, I don't know how to spell Remoraz. I'll copy it from you guys. Do, do, do. Remoraz. So Remorazes are high CR, right? CR 11. So definitely more powerful than the group is going to be able to handle. Uh, what if they're using it for heat and it gets loose? Uh, that could be. But what if they just see one nearby, right? So what if a Remoraz nearly causes an avalanche nearby? They see it, you know, they hear like the sound of an avalanche and they look off. I think this is a good strong start. It's just something they see. It doesn't have to affect them directly. 
a remoraz nearly causes a great avalanche. I can't spell worth a damn today. A half mile or so from the outpost. Is it getting closer? Uh, I like that. So Remoraz ambush is a Yeti that was encroaching the party. Yeah, I think I think the idea that like they're there, they're seeing it, and they hear this boom, and like what happens? And like parts of the mountain kind of collapse down, and they look out and they see this like red glow, and they see this like arching worm thing that burrows in, and they hear the thunder of the mountain, and they're all watching it, and they look and they see one of the Duergar at the tower is watching it as too, and that kind of gives them a, you know gives them a thing. So I think just a bursting out of the ground is a cool fun thing. Doesn't have to affect the party directly. It's just the thing they see that says, hey, the world around you is alive. So that's kind of cool. And that's, uh, you know, not to pitch random tables, but that's the way random tables work. They give you an idea. I didn't roll Remoraz on a random table. I rolled Volcano and like, what makes sense for a volcano? And you're like, oh, it cause a volcano. And you're like, a Remoraz could cause a volcano. So that's kind of what that does. So that's cool. So this sort of adventure is really a situation-based adventure. There are Duergar in the outpost. They are collecting Shardalon and trying to figure out how to move it back to Zardarok Sunblight's fortress. They, and the characters need to infiltrate it and they need a goal. So when we do a situation-based adventure, what do we need? We need, a, we need inhabitants, right? And we have Duergar and we know what they're doing. How many Duergar are there? Probably, are there a dozen? We could have a dozen Duergar, right? I don't know how many in the book. We know that, who is it? Nildar, right? We know he has a zombie uh, ogre for muscle. You know, so we know, I guess these are mostly the monsters, right? But we know what the situation is. The Duergar are there. They are trying to figure out how to move this Shardalon thing or get the Shardalon thing back to his dad. That's the situation. They have some guards about. We know, and, and then the big thing is, what's the goal? We know what the location is. The, goal, the location is this former mercenary for the Dragonborn. And then we need to know what the goal is. Right, and we want to be able to reiterate the goal because players, you know, players don't remember half of what you say. Not a knock on players; we're all busy. But like players aren't grabbing about half of what you're saying, so we want to reiterate the goal. And the goal here is find out why the Duergar are stealing Shardalon and what threat they pose to Ten Towns. This is really like ain't getting them and, and their, their goal is to just learn what's going on and then they go back to town and, and they can figure out how to deal with it, right? Uh, are there any other sub goals here? You know, a, a big one is get a line on the location of Sunblight Fortress. That becomes a new side one. Like once they find out what the threat is, the next question is, well, how do we know where, right? And it's pretty easy because Nildar is there. So they can they can kind of figure out where Sunblight Fortress is. This also depends on like, when do we want them to go to Sunblight Fortress? Is there, a, do we care? What if they immediately, what if they find out where Sunblight Fortress is and they go there right now? They, they don't even go back to town. They just head that direction. Is that really what we want to do? Or do we want that like, we want them to do a few quests first in chapter two before they learn the location. And this is tricky because maybe we can work it out that they don't know that they, you know, they need to be able to get a line on it so they can, they know that they will be able to find out where it is, but we might not want to hand it to them right now, right? And 
that's tricky, right? That you, you can kind of think of that like the, the you know that is a key, right? That you know if we think about a key to the to this whole thing, the key is the location of the, the location of Sunblight Fortress, right? That's a key. That and by a key I mean like a driver for the adventure, for a driver for the the larger adventure. We want to put that in their hand, but we want to put it in their hand when we think it is time that they should start thinking about going there, and that might not be right now. Well, how do we hold that back, right? And how do you hold it back in a way so that you can then drop it in later? I don't know, because they're there now. It makes sense that they can get the line now. And maybe I go with that, right? Maybe I just put it in the line and hope that they don't go there yet. But maybe yeah, I managed to work this out in my Wednesday game because they captured Nildar and they brought him back to East Haven and they said, we're gonna interrogate him and try to find out what he knows. Come back to us later. Right. And now they know, oh, okay, we're going to find out what's going on there, but we don't have to go right now. We don't have to know right now. And we can go do some other stuff. And then they went and did some other stuff. And then did the sound cut out? Are we good? Is my sound okay? No, the sound, sound, give me, give me, give me a thumbs up if the sound is good. Cause my little meter breaks on my stupid OBS and I don't know if my sound is going out at all. Sound is good. Thank you very much. All right. We're good. Thank you all. So I always freak out sometimes. So when do we want to hand that key out and how do we control the, 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 the reveal of those keys is, is pretty critical, right? We want the right key in the right place at the right time. And that's tricky. So I don't know, I'm going to have to plan it out. Like I said, my other group, they, I, I managed to have it that they knew Nildar knew the information, but they didn't have it yet. And then an NPC controlled the revealing of the key that works fine. So I got to figure that out. That's something that I'm going to have to noodle and I'll have to wing it. But I know what the key is. I know that I want them to learn the location of the Sunblight Fortress, right? And they need to have the information, which is that the, the Duergar are stealing Shardalon and they possess, possess a threat. And that's really where these secrets come from. So what are some of the secrets that are, you know, that are going on in this area? We know the Night's Kiss Assassins are in league with... We know that Nildar, I think we have, we have a card for Nildar and his brother were sent out by Zardarok to recover Shardalon for a huge weapon the Duergar are building to destroy 10 towns. The Duergar believe that who is the evil psionic deity that the Duergar worship? Their deity, Deep Dura wants them to destroy 10 towns. Actually, it's Oral. Oral's whole goal is to get rid of the people of 10 towns. So that way we've kind of tied the Duergar back to Oral, right? Oral is the one doing this. She is. She wants to slowly or quickly wipe out the people of 10 towns. She has planted seeds in all of these areas. What other secrets do we have here? Nildar's brother. How many, I got three sunblades. Dirt has already returned to Zardarok. Has already returned to Zardarok Fortress. Nildar Sunblade's brother has already returned to Zardarok Fortress. What else do we need? Oh, Zardarok recently married. Is he, has he married her or is he going to marry her? Because it's a fun, it's a fun little intricate storyline. So Sunblight. Her name is, there's a picture of her somewhere. There she is, Grandolfa. Is, has he married Grandolfa already? Let's see. Uh, Grandolfa, Grand Dame of, uh, has recently arrived at the fortress being invited here. So they have not, so Zardarok hasn't married her, invited to, as a potential bride, 
to tie their two clans together. The sons believe she convinced Zardarok to send them away, but in reality, he has become paranoid, having sat a throne of Shardalon for too long. So that's good. Any other, so those are a bunch of the Duergar quests. And then what's the key? So, so they know the location, but they've been sent away. Oh, of course. So we already said that like he's building a weapon to destroy it, right? That's there. I mean, that's kind of the big, you know, the big one is right. The Duergar are building a huge weapon to destroy the people of 10 towns. They're building a huge Shardalon weapon, right? Cool. That's the big thing that they need to learn. Are there any other Duergar pieces? What about Knight's Kiss? So we know Knight's Kiss are in league with Zardarok's Sunblight. Is there any other drow connection we want to do in here? We could say that the Knight's Kiss dangled a potential alliance with Zardarok and uh, House. And what was his house? I forget which house Shadowhawk is connected to Zalaren and House Zalaren, but in reality, they don't give a shit. They just want to kill or capture Shadow. So that's a good tie to the characters. Is there any other character-driven pieces we can throw in here? Anything else that might be interesting as a secret and clue that is tied to the four characters? So who are the four characters again? that are gonna be here. Let's just go back to our characters. Candle, we have an assassin there. Perrin, we already have some stuff there. Gore, so we could say, well, I, yeah, I don't think we're gonna do the Perrin secrets now. Is there any secret with Gore that could be? I don't think so. So I don't see any immediate secrets that are involved in this area that tie to, <laughs> that tie to the current situation. So are there any other bits of situation out there? Do the Duergar know about Thrun? Maybe the Duergar, no. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe the Duergar built the prison, but that was Elvin. So I only have seven. It's always these last three secrets, man. The last three secrets will nail you every time. Did the Duergar have anything to do with, with the Mind Flayers? No. Do they know about the structure under the ice? No. So I guess uh, we can do some secrets about the structure under the ice though, right? So Dazan, we'll take that other one, that the arcane Dazan. Sunblight does have a Mind Flayer prison in the fortress. Does he really? Wow. Um, that's interesting. Dazan hunted for the structure under the ice and found the location of a Netheres spire uncovered an uncovered Netheri spire its location he recorded its location in his journal so the wizard who is dead i have a really fun moment coming up where candle is wearing dazan's half charred wizard's hat and he's going to run into dazan the simulacrum who's going to have the exact same hat and be like that's my hat right and then they're going to figure out like wait a minute I thought Dazan burned to death. And he's like, what do you mean I burned to death? And it's because he split when they created Is there any other Dazan stuff? So I think we can put some other interesting arcane brotherhood stuff in here. So Gant, Valish Gant, right? Spent years trying to find the, the, the structure, the ruins under the ice. 
he had the most knowledge of any of the Arcane Brotherhood in Icewind Dale. So that's that, like one of them is like, you want to know about what's going on here is Valish Gant knows everything, but Valish Gant is in prison and Valish Gant wants to get out, right? How many other active members are there? So there's Dazan. I, I mean, so you have like what's in the book, right? The Arcane Brotherhood. There's Valen Harpel. Nass, is Nass the one who died? Is she a ghost now? I think I'm going to get rid of Nass and, and create, I'm going to replace Nass with, who is it? Uh, the one that they picked up, Janth. I think I have Janth Alwar replace Nass because you don't need too many. Who is Avarice? And when does Avarice show up? Does anybody know when Avarice shows up? She, she sounds cool. She looks cool. But I don't know when I'm going to bring her up. She's with the Black Swords and shows up at the end again. Okay. So I don't know that I'm going to bring a Avarice in there. So I have Valish Gant who got there first. We have Janth who died. We have Dazan who died. We have Valen Harpel, right? And I think it might be easier to just have like those are the, you know, those are the active members of the Arcane Brotherhood. You know, those are the active members. So maybe there were five. Gant, Janth, Dazan, Valen, and Avarice are the active members. So that'd be, there were five members of the Arcane Brotherhood active in Icewind Dale over the past five years, past five years or so. So that's good for secrets. So fantastic locations. I don't really have to worry about this because I have the, I've got the Duergar outpost, right? That's already, that's already done. So I can go straight to, where is it? The Unseen. And I can just grab that and put that in there. So I got that. NPCs, we have Sunblight. What's his name? Nerith? Nildar. Nildar Sunblade is an NPC. Any other interesting NPCs that they might run into in the Duergar Fortress? So we have the Captain, Captain Imdra, if they go, when they go back to East Haven. We have the Night's Kiss. Any other things? No. For monsters, we have Duergar. We have the Ogre Zombie. Maybe some Carrion Crawlers. If they go through the secret entrance in the basement, it might, maybe some Carrion Crawlers would be fun. And then the Knight's Kiss, I think we have, is a Drow Veteran, a Drow Mage and a Drow Veteran. They're, they're tough, right? And a Drow Mage will wipe them out. So maybe they don't face the Knight's Kiss directly, but we have some Drow, some drow Soldiers, Knight's Kiss, Liaisons, right? That could be fun. Uh, treasure, they're, they're all pretty good on treasure, but we'll see what's actually in the adventure. So... Note-wise, I'm pretty ready to go. I'd say the only, so, so the only real good thing now is to actually look through the campaign itself, through, through the locations itself and say, okay, does all of this make sense? So we're already there. You know, we're at the outposts. I can read this, you know, thing. Two Duergar at the front, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to have a chamber underneath. So I could use a relic for a treasure, something that the Duergar, I had, I had an interesting one. I, I don't know. Boy, look at these. Invisibility, find traps. What would be a good one for Dragonborn? What would a Dragonborn relic be like? I'm trying to think of a spell, a cool spell. Chain lightning would be pretty awesome. All right, if they had a single-use item that cast chain lightning once, you know, that would be pretty cool. A blue, imagine like a blue dragon head, you know, that could cast... I. 
we'll go with light lightning bolt, but they're gonna they're about to hit fifth level in which they can cast lightning bolt themselves. But chain lightning, let's just see if it's too powerful. It's a sixth level spell. That's pretty does 10d8 damage. Okay, that's a lot of damage. And if three it hits a target of your choice in three bolts to as many as three other targets. So it hits four people within 30 feet. You create a bolt of lightning that arcs towards the target of your choice that you can see. The bolt then leaps to that target to as many as three other targets, each of which means a target can be a creature or object. So you choose. it sounds like you choose what it hits, right? But that's pretty awesome. And it's not too overpowered because like a good lightning bolt can do something like that. So I think we're going to have a blue dragon amulet that casts chain lightning once. DC will make it at DC 15. Right, that's a cool relic, right? Just a, this cool, like, blue dragon necklace. None of the chromatic dragons breathe lightning, do they? I don't think so. Do any of the, the uh, do any of the metallic dragons breathe? I guess is my question. So that's pretty good. Anyway, so we have the outpost location. We have the bunker. Right, which is, yeah, down here, that's the one guy. And, and so one thing I'm gonna do is there's this tunnel beneath here. I'm gonna put a little chamber in that tunnel and that's where they'll see like a Dragonborn statue. Maybe there'll be, you know, big piles of ooze or, you know, molten stuff. Maybe there was a mummified corpse down there that's turned into like oil and they'll think, oh, carrying crawlers. They'll think like oozes and then it turns out it's carrying crawlers. That'd be pretty cool. Bronze, okay, so we'll make it a bronze dragon amulet. That's kind of cool. The main keep, some goats and an ogre zombie. There's a well. You can climb the well. Overlook, Duergar is standing there. There's not a lot of Duergar here. Could probably add a couple more if we want to make things a little tougher. There's a choke point and a trap. Nildar Sunblade is here in the commander's quarters. And his older brother. There's spore servants. It's kind of weird and interesting, but I don't know how you'd see that stuff. And you can kind of skip it. And that's that's sort of it. So there's really not a lot going on in this place, right? It'll be kind of fun to explore. It's a good, you know, it's a good solid dungeon delve. But like the idea of like room seven and eight hold no real interest because they will have already dealt with Nildar likely by this point. You know, you almost, it's a weird, I'll tell you, the designs of some of these locations makes me scratch my head. And the reason why is that like, look at this map and you've got the well and you've got the river. If you move that well to seven instead of two, well, now there's two different paths that the characters might take with interesting things that they might discover either way. But as it stands now, if they follow the well, they're going to go right into the boss and they're going to skip everything in seven and eight and one, three and four, which is fine, I guess. But like, I don't know. I think, I think the design could have been better and I can move it. You know, I could I could skip and, I'm, and maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll have the well go to seven instead just to make life a little bit more interesting. It kind of screws up the map, but, you know, I think it would. Yeah, Jay Quaid, the dungeon is important and this isn't Jay Quaid as well as it could be. And it's not the only dungeon that's this way. Like the 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 outpost for the Giants, the Giants Lodge, right? The Frost Giant Lodge also had like a really weird design where you could basically walk in a, a door and bypass the entire place. And I recommended like drop a wall here and open a wall here. And now it's like an interesting place that you can explore, but otherwise it's not. So yeah, pretty weird. So I think that that, you know, it's fine. It's fine. I'll run it. It's it's good. I don't really need the scratch pads much anymore. I don't do initiative like I used to. 
But I'll go ahead and yank this part out. Do, do, do. And I'll keep the marching order. And I'll keep the Avre one. But I've started using initiative in the D&D Encounter Builder. So, yeah, so there, so there is that. I think we're all set. I got my notes. I'm ready to I'm ready to play. This is run over Discord. So here I'll I'll I had a topic that I was going to talk about in the talk show, but I didn't. But I'll talk about it now, which is do you need Avre anymore? Right? I recently rewrote the or, or yeah, gave a good edit to my guide for playing D&D over Discord. And I talked a lot about how cool it is that if you have the Avre bot in your Discord server and you pass your campaign information, that means your dice rolls show up in Discord, right? But with D&D Beyond and the campaign builder in D&D Beyond, the campaign log in D&D Beyond, you don't really need Avre anymore. Because if you want to share dice rolling, um, the dice roll is, is handled in the, in the campaign log, right? So if I go to like my campaigns collections, we'll go to, if I go to my encounter and I pick up, like this was my encounter for yesterday. If I bring up the, see, I've got, all the dice rolling that occurred here. And a lot of times the players are inside D&D Beyond looking at their character sheet, which means they can see the roles of other people going across. Is it important? Like, how much does it matter if you have the die rolls showing up for other people inside, if you have the die rolls for other people showing up inside Discord? Is it important at all? And the answer might be, I don't know that you need it at all. I think it's fine. As long as you have it somewhere that you guys can see, and since both you and your players are looking at the are looking at D&D Beyond, you can see the log there. So I don't know that you need to set up Avre anymore. I think you can just have Discord for voice and text chat and sharing maps and other things, and you can have all the dice just showing up inside D&D Beyond, and you're all done. And you don't need any plugin at all, and you don't need any bot at all. It's just part of it. I think that might be the case. And that's very interesting, right? Like, I think that that is a really, like that, that, that campaign log. And I know they said like, they want to add other things to the campaign log. The big one they need to add is sharing initiative. There's currently no way to show the current initiative layout to your players. And boy, they need that really, really badly. That's the one thing, like I had to write a whole other script to parse that page and grab it and then paste it into Discord because it sucks. So yeah, but, but otherwise I think that you can get away with just using this and it doesn't matter if it's in, if it's in discord or not, right. That, that using the campaign log inside D and D beyond. And likewise, same thing with, same thing with, if you're using roll 20, you don't really need to pass your roll 20 scores to discord. Even if you're using discord for voice chat stuff because you have the dice rolling all happening in Roll20. So I think like you can let your platform handle the dice rolling. If you're using Owlbear, Owlbear, you know, Owlbear's got that whole thing going on. So you can use that for Owlbear too. And uh, Darger brings up that Owlbear's initiative token is amazing. I heard that. I haven't used Owlbear recently and I know that they've updated. So I got to go check it out. And maybe I will. Maybe I'll use it today, right? Maybe for today's game, I will, I will drop the entire map in and I will use the Fog of War. That might be fun. I think the players would like that. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give that a shot. Of course that screws up my whole, let's move the well, you know, but we could, we could see. I think I'm all set. I think I've got my notes for today's game. I feel good. How do I feel? Like the big question I always like to say is how do I feel about the game today? And I feel good. I got a nice fun, strong start. I, I know where the scenes are going. I've got a big pile of secrets and clues. I've got some interesting encounters. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good, 
right? I feel good. I don't feel, I feel relaxed and ready to run D&D for my friends. So yeah, so there we are. So I want to thank everybody for coming today. If you are listening to this show on YouTube or on my podcast, thank you very much for listening. For all the people on Twitch, thank you for hanging out today. It's always a great pleasure. If you want to help me out, you can do so in four ways. Way number one, you can subscribe to me on YouTube. Way number two, you can subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter. That's actually better than the YouTube subscription. Subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter. Three, you can uh, support me on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash slyflourish. And four, you can pick up my any of my books, but in particular, you might enjoy Ruins of the Grendel Root, Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, The Lazy DM's Workbook, or Fantastic Layers. Any of the books that you want. They're all available on slyflourish.com. Thank you very much for coming. Have a great day and get out there and play some D&D.